Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor will join us in a matter of minutes or a matter of seconds here on Radio Nation Radio 920 as we are all the way live at the Thomas & Mack. Summer League action is going on. We've had a fast and furious show so far. We still had a lot to get to, and we have about an hour to do so. But we've had Victoria Hernandez, community engagement producer for USA Today Sports Plus. She was on the phone, or she was she joined us on the phone lines to talk all things Darren Waller and his music. That was a lot of fun talking to her about that, how it's therapeutic for Darren Waller. Mo DeKeel from the jumpball.net and Bleacher Report. He joined us at 3 o'clock to talk all things NBA and, of course, what's going on here. Summer League, Little Q joined us for a quick minute around 3.15. And then we heard from Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus at 3.30 talking about Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, and a whole lot more. And now it's time to go in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, who, one, has been a busy guy today. He's been on the morning tailgate. He's been on the JT The Brick Show with Harry Ruiz, and now he's going unnecessary roughness style in the huddle. Vinny, man, are you charging us by the hour? What's going on? I am not. You know I do this out of the goodness <laughs> of my heart. Um, and, and by the way, because uh, I know you're over at the Summer League, and I just saw Sam Gordon, um, uh, his tweet, Jaden Hardy, man. Uh, yes. I'm rooting for him. Coronado High School right down the street from, uh, from, from my house. Uh, love the local story. Uh, looks like he got off to a fabulous start uh, already with the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, looks like the Mavs may have gotten a little bit of a steal. Yeah, exactly. Getting him in the second round, man. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. And he did. He had a heck of a game. Little Q was telling us, man, he was balling out of control. And Coronado, your kids go to Coronado. Mine went to Coronado. I mean, that's that's really cool to see the, lo- the local kids uh, balling balling out of control and, and living their dream. And so uh, that that's also that's that's awesome. So uh, yeah, good stuff going on here as far as summer league action goes. Now, now, Vinny, I wanted to. I wanted to pick your brain, man. Yesterday was a historic day for multiple reasons. The Raiders announced their team president. It's funny, man. The year that I've been here, so far they've had uh, a new regime announced as far as the GM and and the assistant GM and the front office and head coach. And now they have a a team president, a new team president, and Sandra Douglas Morgan, who was announced yesterday. I mean, this this franchise to me, and, and I would love to hear from you, this franchise to me feels like it has just totally shifted from, I don't want to say an era, but just one one time to a whole nother and it just feels like they're, they're like fast forwarded now into the future yeah and and here's the thing um i don't think mark davis um was planning to be uh in this position uh, or expected to be in this position when you go all the way back to you know mark bedane and then what happened with john gruden and that led to uh mike mayock's uh you know ouster uh but but so a lot of this was out of his control um and just situations that that you know that occurred and right. what i like about it is he used each of these situations to, to say, look, how do we get better from this? Uh, right. As an organization, what do we do to improve and to take it to the next level? Uh, and I thought that the hires of Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels were along those lines. Uh, and now Sandra Douglas Morgan, um, a, a historic hire uh, for, for obvious reasons, uh, is another you know, kind of a departure from what they've been doing. Um, and, and it kind of signifies to me that they're using this as a pivot to try to use this moment and this opportunity, as unexpected as it might have been, to get better and grow. And I think that's what great organizations do. 
I agree 100%. We're talking with Vinny Bonsignor right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We're going in the huddle. And, you know, Sandra Douglas Morgan, uh, a lot of people looked at her and said, okay, uh, they hired uh, the first black woman to run an NFL franchise. Okay, that's cute. That's cool. Great. You know, maybe that can take some attention off of any kind of issues that they had. But in her introductory press conference, she attacked those issues and said, hey, we're not running from them. I'm not sweeping anything under the rug. We're going to go and we're going to fix this and get this right. When I looked at her resume, Vinny, as me and you both discussed it, that is an extensive resume. If there's not someone that's perfect for the job, I mean, you know what I mean? If she's not the one, then there's nobody that's perfect because she has an extended, outstanding resume. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, and I think that um, what she is indicative of uh, is that there are minority candidates, people of color, uh, women, um, females uh, of, of color, that have great resumes, and, and she is indicative of that. We shouldn't be surprised by that part of it. Um, right. And I'm not saying that you are or anything like that, but I think some people were taken aback when they saw the resume. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people, great minority candidates out there, that have great resumes. And the sad part to me uh, is that they've been far too many overlooked over the years for whatever reason, um, kicked to the curb, not considered, all of those type of things. And I'm hoping that this, in addition to you know, just the historical nature of it, which we should all celebrate without question, right. but also let it be a reminder and a pointer that there's other Sandra Douglas, Douglas Morgans uh, out there. Um, and you know what? Mark Davis didn't have to look very hard to find it either. Um, right. So there are other ones, uh, and they deserve opportunities, consideration, and I'm hoping that this is uh, the start to more uh, of that. But, yes, without question, when you look at the resume, she's almost overqualified for the position. Right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, like, she's, she's had a career within careers uh, with what she's done, everything that she's uh, put together on, the, on that resume. But from the Raiders' perspective, what a great leader to have to take uh, into the future. Uh, you couldn't have picked a better uh, candidate or person. No, not at all. You know, just one of the, you know, one thing that stood out to me is that she oversaw 400 employees. Vinny, I have a problem with 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she oversees 400 employees in five different cities here in Nevada. Like, that is incredible to me. And let me ask you this, because I know your daughter is very involved in sports. She loves sports. I'll never stop telling the story of us hanging out, and, and she's looking at the phone, and she's watching something. I said, what are you watching? She's like, oh, 30 for 30 on the Celtics. Like, that's Vinny's daughter. Okay, like, yeah. she is locked in when it comes to sports what is a hiring like a sandra douglas morgan what does that mean to someone like your daughter who may say you know what dad i want to go into sports and i want to do something powerful like that we've already talked about it and wow. um and that's why uh to me yesterday was, was was such a beautiful day uh for a lot of people and you know uh, q we're we're uh, very fortunate to do what we do and to meet the people that we do and to work alongside the people that we do um, and sometimes maybe we forget but we're always reminded of the impact uh, that they have, whether they're players uh, or, or, or Sandra Douglas Morgan now being um, an example and an inspiration, really. And sometimes we get to a chance to see that, you know, when, when kids meet Derek Carr or Darren Waller and just lose themselves, or when, you know, somebody comes on the radio and talks about Darren Waller's story and how it's inspired them to be better and to, to you know, uh, change the direction of their life and, and thanking, you know, Darren Waller. So it, we're reminded every day about what kind of examples. Uh, and inspirations uh, that, that, you know, professional sports provides for a lot of people out there. We don't always see it, but every once in a while when we do, we realize, wow, you know, um, that is inspiration, and that is an example. And, yes, Sandra Douglas Morgan, uh, for my daughter, uh, for, for plenty of daughters out there, 
uh, is now an example. And I think she's going to run with this uh, and be a great example for years to come of what is possible, what's attainable, what's reachable um, in, here in Las Vegas, uh, where she grew up. Uh, to be now, um, you know, the president of what I consider the anchor of Las Vegas, the anchor entity in the Las Vegas Raiders here uh, locally. Uh, it's just a great story, and there's so many people that she's going to impact that she probably hasn't even considered, but that is already ongoing. Yeah, it really is. And, again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor right now from uh, Unnecessary Roughness, uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. He's in the huddle. You can find him on the morning tailgate. You can find him on the JT The Brick Show. And right now, again, rocking with us. And, Vinny, I threw this question out there earlier today, and I said that everyone has their own story and their own answer, so no answer is wrong. But if you met somebody that had no idea about the silver and black and you had to you had to tell them something, you almost had to sell them on the team, how would you, as a guy who's been covering the team now for, you know, a couple years, you know, multiple years, going back to Oakland and now being here in Vegas for a few years, how would you describe the Raiders to someone who didn't know it about them? Um, without question, uh, one of the most iconic sports brands in the world, not just in the country but in the world. And, you know, we, we – you know, sometimes we're uh, uh, the victims uh, of, of recency bias. And so when you think about the Raiders, the success on the field uh, hasn't been there uh, as, as, as you know, much as, as I'm sure as Raider Nation, Mark Davis, everyone involved in the organization would have liked. I feel like they're turning that corner. But I'll tell you this, you know, uh, as a kid in the 70s, the Raiders were, I mean, like they were always at the top. They were always battling for Super Bowls or to get into the Super Bowl. Uh, they were the most uh, iconic, especially growing up on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, you know, they were the, the franchise. And, and their, their fans uh, rolled deep, long, far, uh, high, wherever. Um, and and so, so if I'm thinking about the silver and black and I'm thinking about, oh, also just groundbreaking and always, you know, uh, saying, like, we're not going to focus on this or that. We're going to focus on the best candidates whoever they may be, and we're not going to have one uh, iota of an issue or problem uh, with making a hire that may ruffle the feathers of somebody somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're not going to care about that. Um, and to me, that's what the Raiders embody and stand for. And I think we're going to start seeing the success on the field um, sort of mirror that uh, as well. I really think that they're headed in the right direction in that regard. That's a great breakdown, Vinny. That is a fantastic v- breakdown. So now let's go to the field. Let's go to the action. We know about the acquisitions. We know what the roster looks like as it stands at 90 people right now, 90 men going into training camp in a couple weeks. How do you think they start to put this thing together when we're at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center? How do you think guys start to separate themselves? Yeah, you know, what, what's so interesting uh, about this roster right now is last year, the year before that and the year before that, Q, how many times – did we say, uh, man, the Raiders need this rookie to like start like right now, whether yeah. he's ready or not? Yeah. Damon yeah. Arnett, Henry Ruggs, uh, Alex Leatherwood, Cleese Farrell, you know, um, uh, Trayvon, Mo- on and on and on and on. Josh Jacobs, um, and it wasn't because you know uh, they were so great necessarily. Uh, some of them have turned out to be really good. It's because they had to have them start. They had holes in their roster that said. Gosh, they need rookies like to start right now and, and and play well right now. Well, when you look at this roster right now, Q, where are when we look at when we look at especially starting jobs? Do you see anywhere? Gosh, a rookie better step up and, and win that job. I don't see anywhere on right. any side of the if if it happens, great, right? Uh, and it will have been earned. But they don't desperately need these rookies to step in and start. And to me, that's progress uh, on this roster. 
It really is. And I feel like they have, we've talked about this a few times on the show, that we, they have a lot of young talent, you know. And, and you really, you got to tip the cap to the old regime that brought in a lot of the young talent, the Max Crosbys, the Hunter Renfros, the Nate Hobbs, the Trayvon Merricks, you know, guys like that, the Alex Leatherwoods, if he pans out, which, you know, it looks like this new regime is going to give him an opportunity to be the guy that he was drafted to be at the right tackle position. So, I mean, they, there's a lot of nice young talent that, that is on this team and it's going to really help kind of fuel them for years to come. But let's look at some of the talent that has been brought in this year. Dylan Parham, he's on the offensive line somewhere. We don't know. We know he has versatility. Where do you think he competes? Where do you think he even fits in best? And, again, it's only July 8th, so they haven't got out there on the grass yet. But where do you think at this point you think Dylan Parham fits in best? I'm thinking um, either of the guard positions. Um, but let's not forget that there's a guy by the name of John Simpson who said, okay, um, I'm not going to let that happen. You know, I'm motivated to make sure that doesn't happen. That's a good thing right there. Um, yeah. We forget about John Simpson, and he kind of got thrown in the fire last year. Um, there were, some, there were you know, some, some rough patches, obviously, as there was along the offensive line, but he survived it, um, was, was a starting player on a playoff team. Uh, that, I'm not losing sight of that. So he yeah. might just tell Dylan Parham, great, Congratulations on being drafted, but you're not taking my job, um, and so and 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 that's a that's 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 a good thing. So maybe right guard. We got to see where Denzel Good is. Uh, it could be left guard. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think it's going to be center. I know some people have been you know talking about that, but I think Andre James showed enough uh, over the second half of the season um, to to you know uh, hold on to that job, and I, that's a good thing too because I think this offensive line really needs some continuity, uh, and if he's a a piece that's you know, um, uh, that's secure and has already developed a rapport with Derek Carr. I think you stick with that. Obviously, Colton Miller uh, as well. But, yeah, for Dylan Parham, I think he's got a chance to start and to push uh, some players. But I think there's some proud guys out there that are going to say, hey, uh, not on my watch. Right, and John Simpson, you mentioned, that's another young guy. You know, that's another young guy that has an opportunity to go out there and be a big-time player. And, again, obviously the offensive line, we're going to pay attention to that and see how that comes together during training camp. But uh, we had a call from from Raider Mack earlier about Trayvon Mullen. We know he had off-season surgery. Don't exactly know the extent of it. How early do you think in training camp he'll be ready, or do you think he'll be ready to start when, when training camp opens up? Uh, I was told about maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, that that was what the target was in and around uh, that date. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm guessing that. I haven't had a, a update. Uh, you know how they keep things uh, yeah. under lock and key, uh, when that, when it, especially when it concerns injuries at this time of year. So we're going to kind of all find out together uh, if he's ready to go uh, uh, to start training camp. And, you know, here's a guy that obviously has a lot of motivation. If he's healthy uh, and can, can, you know, get on the field like he did Two years ago, last year was kind of a wash for him. Um, you know, at, at the very least, he's shown that he could be a capable NFL, uh, you know, cornerback. Q and I, and I think that sometimes gets overlooked. If you're not a star player, there's almost an assumption that you're not helping, but you are. Uh, it, you don't always have to be a star player to just be a guy that's holding down your position adequately um, at a at a decent enough level. And I think he was doing that before he got hurt. So you got to figure if he, can, if he can return just to that and maybe even build off of that and get better, um, then, then you've got a pretty solid cornerback. Uh, and we'll see what happens on the other side, whether it's Rock Yassin uh, or, or Anthony Averett. What I like about those two spots is you've got guys that have starting experience in the NFL. Whoever wins that job, the backup is going to be somebody that has starting experience. And, and again, right. I go back to you know, when you're talking about uh, experience and young players having to play, that's not a bad situation to have, either one of those guys being the backup and a rotational player, um, given the experience that they have. 
Yeah, no, you're right. If you can have a quality player behind a quality player, that's how you succeed. That's how you win. I mean, and you've covered the rounds for a long time. You've covered plenty of franchises, basketball, uh, football, everything. I mean, so you know where there's depth, there's a good chance to win. And that's what the Raiders, that's where, and I talk about the old regime, they did well with the starters that they have and some of the later round picks, but they didn't hit enough where they built the cupboards up. Like the depth isn't there, and that's what I think Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and company, that's their job moving forward is to continue to build the cupboard full of uh, uh, talent. So when a guy hits free agency, they're, they're able to let a guy walk and not have to try to hold on to every single guy. No doubt about it. And just look at linebacker. Um, yeah. you know, we don't know how it's all going to play out. You've got to figure Denzel Perryman and, and Divine Diablo uh, are, are etched in stone as, as starters. But then you're talking about Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young, uh, Jayon Brown. Guess what? All of those players have NFL experience. And in, in Kenny's case uh, and Brown's case, starting experience. So think about what happened last year when, um, when they lost uh, a couple players in, in training camp. Nobody behind them had starting experience. They had to go trade uh, for, for uh, Denzel Perryman, and then they had to go get K.J. Wright, a veteran um, you know, out of free agency, who was you know, still out there on the market. Why? Because they didn't have anybody that they could trust behind those guys because they didn't have any – there was no certainty behind those guys. Now you start looking at that, even that linebacker crew. It's not the best uh, in the league, but there's, there's like – it goes two or three deep in terms of players that you could say, okay, if something were to happen, this guy has shown that he could be a starter in the NFL. So, again, a little bit more progress. Uh, Dave Ziegler, I think, and Josh McDaniels, I think, had a, had a plan in place to make sure that everyone that they brought in as depth pieces or contending for starting jobs uh, out of free agency were going to be able to stick with this roster, make the roster better, create competition, and then more importantly, create depth. Right, absolutely, no doubt about it. Again, talking with Vinny Bonsignor right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We like to call this diving inside the huddle. And final question for you, Vinny. Trayvon Merrick, he played a lot of football his rookie year. He did really well. Quietly, he did really well. What are your projections? What do you think, Trayvon Merrick, how does he take that next step in year two? You know, it was interesting when we talked to him uh, during uh, minicamp. Uh, he just seemed, not that he wasn't relaxed or anything like that as, as rookie, but you know that kind of look that you have as a rookie, and yeah. you're just kind of trying to find your way uh, a little bit. And he did pretty darn well uh, as a rookie. But I felt like talking to him um, when we did, he just seemed more relaxed. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, yeah. he's been there, done that. Um, okay, they're going to change the defense a little bit, but he's already done that. He, he, he knows what it takes to be an NFL player and play at a pretty darn high level. And now it's just taking it from there. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, I really do. I thought he should have been a first-round pick last year. He played like a first-round pick, um, you know, uh, in his in his time and started from you know beginning to end. Stayed on the field, showed he could be you know uh, available uh, throughout the season. Um, and I, I I honestly do think that the sky is the limit. I think he is a folk uh, or or uh, an anchor presently and into the future. Nate Hobbs. Yeah. Uh, the same way, I'm curious what Divine Diablo, how he's going to be able to build off last year. Um, so there's some, like you said, there's some pretty good young football players uh, out there that, uh, to me, are just scratching the surface. Right, no doubt about it. Well, Vinny, great stuff as always, my man. You've been the dude all day long, been grinding and grinding and grinding. You deserve a weekend. What do you have coming out on the RJ, man? Because I know you're always behind the scenes doing some work, and I know you got something you're working on right now. What you got working on on the RJ? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's more about preview stuff right now. Uh, I think we've I think we've covered pretty much everything <laughs> that yeah. we could possibly cover yeah. in terms of the roster. Can't wait for next week to really start writing about, um, or the week after, but next Sunday at least, uh, to write about real stuff uh, and real observations. So uh, it's it's kind of just gearing up, man. 
for, for, for that train to leave the, uh, the station because it's about ready to do that. Um, I'm going to get out to the summer league this week, though. Uh, I definitely need to see some hoops. Uh, but, uh, you know, as, as far as the RJ, just kind of gearing up for, uh, for, for that uh, great ride that we're getting ready to go on here pretty soon. Well, when you come out to Summer League, you better bring the family. You better bring your daughter or else she won't, she'll be angry at you. I know she will. Uh, oh, she's coming. She's coming. <laughs> I know she is. Well, <laughs> hey, man, make sure you, uh, you, you tell the family hello for me. Have a fantastic weekend, and thanks for joining us uh, this afternoon. All right, right back at you, brother. All right, my man, there you go, Vinny Bonsignor. That's my guy right there. Check him out in the morning with uh, Clay Baker on the morning tailgate. Earlier today he was home with Harry Ruiz and now kicking it with me here on Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, Vinny is grinding, and it's so good. The one thing I – well, there's plenty of things I love about Vinny, but the one thing I really love about Vinny that a lot of people probably don't even realize is that, I mean, you've got a real deal insider. Like you have your own Adam Schefter right there in Vinny Bonsignor. He is Raider Nation's Adam Schefter. Him, you know, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, you know, cats like that, they are deep, deep. I'm not an insider at all. I'm a radio dude. I go there and cover the team, but I'm a radio dude. Vinny is on the insides, and so Vinny brings you the stuff that everyone's not going to have. And, man, to be able to have a guy like that at your disposal and be able to go to him and, and, and ask him about this, that, and the other is, man, you have no idea how priceless that is. It really is. And not to mention he's a good dude. You know, he's got a great family, you know, his, his son and his daughter and his wife. I mean, they're, they're A1 since day one. They really have been, and they embraced uh, me and my, my family when we got here to town. So I definitely appreciate them uh, in a major, major way. Matter of fact, his, his wife will take my wife out sometimes. They'll go work out together or they'll go have mimosas or whatever the case may be. But, uh, you know, it's, it's cool like that, and it's cool when you meet people like that. So shout-out to Vinny and his family. 423 is the time. We're hanging, man. We're hanging and banging here at the Summer League Thomas & Mack Center. Uh, we don't have any more interviews lined up, but that doesn't mean we don't have some good stuff to bring to you. We got plenty from Derek Carr. He was on NFL Network last night with uh, DJ uh, with MJ Acosta excuse me, and his brother David Carr. We also have Mark Davis from uh, Allegiant Stadium yesterday uh, after the announcement of Sandra Douglas Morgan was made and uh, got that to bring to you, and we don't have a lot of time to do it, but we're going to get it in. And plus, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you as we close out the week really strong, 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R, some texts I want to get to, and, of course, some calls that I want to get to. Again, we're live at the Thomas & Mac. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. It's been a fun day. Fun day out here at the Thomas and Mack Center. Summer League action going on all day long. I mean, it really is. I got to look to see what time it is, what game should be going on. See, we're not positioned in a spot where we can actually see every game. But I can hear it. I sure can hear it. So let's see. It's 428. So it should be Brooklyn and Milwaukee playing right now. And then following that, hold on. All right, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And then after that, we have, I'm trying to see. My computer keeps not freezing, but here we go. Uh, Golden State. There you go. How about that? The Warriors and New York. So I'm assuming, Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff right there. The Warriors and the Knicks at 5 p.m.? Okay. Okay, I'm good with that. Then later on after that, Denver and Minnesota. And then how about this one? Phoenix and the Lakers. Mama Q. Phoenix and the Lakers. Mama Q is a big Laker fan, so I had to point that out right there. So there you go. What's the Lakers going to look like? Who's going to still – who's going to be playing for the Lakers right now that won't be on the Lakers after the potential Kyrie Irving trade happens? Don't want to do too good because then they're like, you're a trade <laughs> asset. <laughs> right? Hey, man, you did good. 
Yeah, go on and go on, uh, send him to Brooklyn. Yeah, man, it looks like that uh, that Kyrie is going to end up there in, in uh, L.A. with the Lakers. And look, man, he was with LeBron, did some great things, won a championship there against the Warriors, and I was upset by that, but you can't deny the talent. So if, that, if that's the case, if they team back up again, at least that, that gives them a chance. It's always going to be about the rest of the talent that's around them. Kevin Durant, we talked about Kevin Durant with uh, Mo DeKeele earlier, and I have no idea where he's going to end up. I really don't. There's so many so many questions out there, and the obviously the asking price is huge ever since uh, Rudy Gobert was traded to the Timberwolves, or from, the, from Utah to the Timberwolves and gave up a boatload for him. When you give up that much assets for a guy, you realize that the next superstar, and Kevin Durant is the superstar, I think Rudy Gobert is a damn good player. I don't know if he's a superstar to that level, right? I know he's not a superstar to that level. Let's just be clear about that. So, man, all of a sudden that asking price goes up a lot. I don't know where KD is going to end up. I, I would Personally, I would like to see him in, in Miami with the Heat. I just think that that would be a, a fun location for him. You team him up with Jimmy Buckets, and you have Eric Spolstra on the sideline and Pat Riley pulling strings in the background. That's, that's a recipe for a win right there. So we'll, we'll see what happens with KD. Obviously, that's a storyline. We'll see what happens with Kyrie. That's a storyline. And we'll see what happens with the rest of the way here at the Summer League at the Thomas and Mack Center. I uh, had a couple of text messages I wanted to get to on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We were talking about how you would sell the Raiders to someone that knew nothing about the Raiders. What would you tell them? Vinny Bonsignor, who we had on the last segment, broke it down great. He had such a great breakdown of what he would say, and that's coming from a guy who's not a Raider fan. That's why I asked him that. But he is a journalist that's been covering the Raiders, and he knows the history of the Raiders from just being a sports fan in general. I thought his breakdown was great. Rob in Oakland, who always brings the heat on the text message, he said, I had to explain my Raider fandom to a girlfriend many, many years ago. I explained the Raiders versus the Winers, A's versus Giants, Cal versus Stanford, and Warriors versus some other team like the Kings or the Lakers. I told her the Raiders were born and raised in Oakland just like me. I told her that I've always been a Raider, but something happened to me as a teenager where it became part of my life, an important part of my social identity. The self-detrimation and nonconformity resonated with me. There are 31 teams in the NFL, and then there are the Raiders. If you ain't a Raiders fan, you ain't ish. That's Rob in Oakland, and that's what I always said about the Raiders and Raider fans. And, you know, when I was growing up, there was uh, I had a lot of friends that were 49er fans. It was just the facts. I mean, the 49ers are winning championships in the Bay. And so a lot of friends that I had, they, they rocked with the Niners. And it just seemed like it was so easy to just, oh, I'm just going to go rock with them, right? It's just something about it. And we've had people bring up the colors earlier. Maybe it was the colors. Maybe it was the hip-hop value. Maybe it was, you know, the, the Oakland edge. You know I mean? It's just I, I was never a big fan of San Francisco anyway. I mean, let's just be 100% honest. Uh, even when the radio station was in San Francisco <laughs> that I used to go to, I was never a fan of crossing the bridge. I, I much prefer Oakland. But for me, it was always, it was always a, like, like Rob said, it was different, right? It was different. You were a different dude. If you were a Raider fan, you were, just, you were just cut a little bit differently. You almost walked a little bit differently. Someone mentioned swagger earlier, and back in the day when I was growing up, there was no word that was swagger. I didn't, we had no idea what that was. It's just, it just who we were. But it's just almost like you walked with a little bit little something, something. Like I say, it's a little something in your neck. You, you walked with a little something in your neck even if you didn't have something in your neck, <laughs> right? I mean, it just you kind of you took on the identity of that, that other dude. And I remember when I was coming up, 
it was like everyone was rocking the parkas back then. When I was in high school and when I was in junior high and everyone was rocking their parkas and then the stadium jackets, the big old starters and everything, and they were like $100, $200, and then the stadiums were even bigger. Everyone had theirs. A lot of people were rocking the Bulls. I always had the Raiders. You know, some people were rocking the Niners. Some people were rocking this, that, and the other. But, man, I always had the Raiders. Always, always made sure that that's what I was rocking. And it was, it was like that, man. It was just that you were different. You were a different person uh, if you were rocking – with the Raiders, and it's so funny. I went to my high school reunion, uh, my 20-year high school reunion. Was it 20? I don't know. It's a long time. Yeah, you uh, old. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm okay. Hey, man, you know what? It's a blessing to be old, brother. <laughs> my, my mom always tells me, yeah, just keep on living. And you know what? Every day I wake up, it's a, it's a blessing. So I, I will gladly get old. <laughs> I have no problem with that because there's a lot of folks out there, unfortunately, they don't get a chance to get old. So I'm blessed that I got that opportunity to get old. But with that being said, when I went to my – 20th high school reunion I think it was like uh, 2014 <laughs> so yeah that was that was quite a long time ago so to your point Damon I'm definitely getting up there but it was so funny because my buddies told the wife like man your husband he was always rocking with the Raiders man always rocking with the Raiders all of us were rocking with the Niners and telling him he was stupid because this that and the other but he was always like nope it's just win baby it's just win baby and she said yeah well he's still rocking with the Raiders and they said oh we know we know, there's no doubt. That's that's who that guy is. And so, to, you know, to Rob's point, man, it's just a different, it's a different uh, ball game. Uh, Mailman Raider hit us up at, at the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We can do a yearly Demon versus Little Q one on one. D one versus D high school captain. <laughs> I like that. D one versus high, versus D, <laughs> the high school captain. Sounds good. <laughs> he ain't never, you ain't never been no captain of nothing, man. I don't, yo, I could, like I said, I, I got the records to back it up, you know. Man, you can't even say that with a straight face. I got the records to back it up. When I've you got, tried I've to won, say that with little Q on, he even laughed at you. I've won awards. Come on, man, Q. I, my name's on the wall in high school. Your name's, hey, all of our names could be on the wall if we took a Sharpie and wrote on the wall. You know, no, it's in gr- Hell, well, I've uh, seen your name on the bathroom wall, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a legend. Yeah, I bet. I bet, I bet, a legend in your own mind, brother. My name rings bells. Yeah, it rings something. It rings something. Got a little shorty behind me jumping in the camera. What's up, Doc? I see you. <laughs> He's like, wait, hold on. He's getting his dance on. Tell, hey, come here, man. Tell him to come here. Tell him to come here. Tell him to come here. I want to know his name is. Tell him to come here. I want to know his name, man. Where are you from? Uh-oh, somebody start performance right here. Though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get, okay. Hey, what's, what's up, my man? What's your name? What's up? I'm Grayson. Grayson? I'm Q. Nice to meet you. This is my man, Mateo. What dance were you just doing? Uh, I don't know. I just... You just were dancing? Yeah. Okay, where are you from? Uh, California. Okay, Here okay. Here for an AAU tournament. Oh, are you? What's, what's your yeah. team? Uh, MBBA. Okay, okay, okay. So what what what, like, what, uh, what age group are you guys in? Uh, Going into eighth grade, so uh, 13U. Okay, so you living your best life then. Yeah. What's your position? Point guard? I'm a point guard, yeah. Okay, who's your favorite player? Um, I really like Don Barlow. I actually got a signature. Oh, okay. Um, uh, probably Paul George. I really like. Oh, him. okay, PG. I feel like he, you know, he really started off with a good career with the Pacers. Yeah. But I mean, after that injury, I mean, I feel like he's just waiting to get his comeback. So. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. So, who are you checking out here at the uh, summer league? Um. Well, I'm here for the Warriors, really. Oh, uh, yeah, and they're coming up next. Yeah. Okay. I love Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah, that dude could jump out the gym, can he? Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, okay. Um, yeah, I love basketball, so. Yeah, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that, man. Make sure you keep on playing that ball. And you got some teammates here with you? Uh, yeah, they're right behind us. What's up, teammates? Yeah. Hey, see, look. 
<laughs> they're like, hey, man, how do you get up there? See, that's all you got to do is dance behind the guy on the, on the mic, and then all of a sudden good things happen, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, man, it's, it, I'm glad you were able to come hang out with me for a few seconds and, uh, and talk about your hoop game. When's your next game? Um, 9 o'clock tonight. Oh, you, so you're going to watch the Warriors, then you're going to go ball tonight? Yeah. That's the youth in you, man. The youth because me. I got to take a nap. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got I to gotta get a good meal in. I got to do all that before I can go ball again. So, you, okay, you guys are playing tonight. Who are you guys playing? Uh, or does it even matter? We're playing the RBA Waves. Okay. I mean, How we good beat are them they? always in the past, but. All right, well, you got to take, take them seriously, man. Yeah. I want to make sure you guys keep on winning, but go on out there and ball out. You're gonna, are, you, are you an assist king or are you a scorer or both? Both. Mostly assist, though. Okay, okay. I draw defenders, dish it. Nice. We got a 6-3 on our team, so. Wait, hold on, hold on. Seventh grader, 6-3. Shut up. I know. Are you serious? 6-3 yeah. in six seventh three. grade? Oh, man. He can't dunk, though. Get out of here. Come on, man. Don't tell me that. Don't, <laughs> no, don't tell me. He can't dunk? No. At 6-3? Uh-uh. Man, we ain't even going to tell him. We ain't going to share this part of the interview with him because <laughs> I don't want to hurt his feelings. So you, he's only in seventh grade, so he's still got time to grow. I, I mean, in his game, not his height because his height is obviously large. But, okay, so you get on that court at 9 o'clock, man. Enjoy the Warrior game and get on the court, and you and your team make sure you go get that dub, all right? Tell Thank everybody, you for having me. Hey, man, tell everybody your name again. Grayson Sanders. And what team are you on? Uh, MBBA. All right. Grayson, Both thank day. you for your time, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank there you, you go. Grayson, hey, Gray, Grayson living his best life, man. He's about to go ball out tonight at 9. I'm going to be taking a nap. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to be taking a nap at 9 o'clock. Grayson's like, man, I'm going to go ball after I play this game or after I watch this game. That's awesome. I love that. See, that's the kind of things that you get at Summer League, man. You just never you never know who's uh, who's who and who's doing what. He's got an AAU tournament going on. I remember when Little Q used to play in AAU tournaments here. And, man, we were out. Man, dog, we were out this game one time. It was the last game of AAU. It was my other son. And he was playing, and he was playing at Gorman, as a matter of fact. And that's where, and that was a long drive from Mama Q's house going all the way to Gorman, right? The last stinking game. We were the last of the Mohicans in the gym. I mean, literally, none of us gave a damn who won the game. We're like, just get the, I'm looking at the clock like, go, go, go. Don't call timeout. Don't call a foul. Don't stop the clock. Just go. That was the longest. I mean, I'm getting tired just thinking about that game. It was the longest because you have a whole week of AAU games, and you're going here, especially here in Vegas, it's all spread out. So you're going from one gym to another school to another school. Then you go home and you take a quick nap, and, oh, i got to wash my jersey, Dad. i got to wear it again tonight. Okay. And then by the time that's all over, you're like, all right, I'm done. Oh, wait, i got one more game. They said, oh, coach said meet me here. And his team was dysfunctional anyway, so they weren't very organized. They just weren't, and so his coach, oh, yeah, we're going over here, we're going over there. Man, I, th- I don't know if they didn't pay to get in the tournaments and they were just trying to hustle no. games. Oh, dog, I, I <laughs> no. couldn't tell you, man, because they were. Uh, there was a couple times we went to different gyms and, oh, they're going to play at, at 3, and then we got there at 255, and they're like, oh, no, they're not going to play until 4 over at another gym. It's like, hey, hold on, dog, wait, wait you're going to do what? We we're going to go where? It was, oh, it was the most irritating thing ever. Irrit- most irritating thing ever. That's when you know all AAU teams ain't great AAU teams. The ones that are organized, fantastic. The ones that aren't, not so much. So, uh, much thanks to Grayson, man. Grayson's got him a little career going, man. Grayson had him a – he had some chops on him, right? He was okay with that. He was breaking it down. He was having a good time, and he found a way to hustle himself up on the stage. That's, uh, that's going to be something he'll never forget, I promise you. And He'll then him like, being 13 and to break down Paul George's injury, that probably happened when he was like six. Right, exactly. You're right about that. That is something that caught my mind when he said the injury. I was like, damn, you're only 13. But he said he had a 6'3 cat, 
on his team right now in seventh grade. He also dined him out and said he couldn't dunk. He didn't have to tell him. He didn't have to tell on him like that. He he really didn't, but hey, but he said when he brought him up when he mentioned that he gets the assist though. So I still think that the six three dude's getting buckets. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. No, he's getting buckets. He's just not dunking the ball. If I'm six three in seventh grade, I'm dunking on everybody. <laughs> I'm dunking on everybody. I'm dunking just to dunk for no reason. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Q kick it. No. Wow. I'm dunking. That's what I'm doing. 441 is the time. What we're going to do is take a quick break, come back, get some audio that I want you to hear. We're going to hear from Derek Carr. He was on NFL Network. Uh, MJ Acosta was interviewing him. He was with David Carr as well. They're at Bitaho right now for a golf tournament. You'll hear some of that audio as we close out the show and close out the week. This has been a lot of fun, man. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Last time that I checked, hey. there was five chains on my neck. It was no smut on my neck. Shout out to Last Nip. The dude that uh, shot him up. He just was convicted in court the other day. I forgot his name, but it doesn't even matter. <laughs> Don't even really care to mention him, but... That's one of my favorite joints right there. Great job, Damon. I like that. 4.46 is the time. We're here at the Thomas and Mack Center. Got about 15 minutes left in the show today. Maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Not too sure exactly the timing, but oh, we got a few minutes here. And I wanted you to hear some sound from Derek Carr. I always like to go through and, I don't know, everything that I see kind of catches my attention. And so I saw that Derek Carr was on with MJ Acosta, who was funny. MJ Acosta back in the day for NFL Network used to cover the Raiders. She used to cover the Raiders back when they were in Oakland, and she covered them, uh, the Raiders, and then she'd go across the bay and cover the 49ers as well. So she was doing her hustle, and now she's on uh, NFL Total Access, and she hosts that show. She does a great job. But uh, she was on, or he was on uh, earlier in the week, matter of fact, yesterday with his brother, and there's a fly flying around my face. I'm trying to navigate around. There's a little gnat that was flying around my head. I was like, whoa, couldn't concentrate on it because I couldn't concentrate on anything I was doing trying to avoid that damn net. But he was on with his brother as they're up in Tahoe for that golf tournament. Matter of fact, they're on that golf tournament that uh, I was on that Zoom call with about, what, two weeks ago, DeMond? Was two or three weeks ago? No, they were yeah, doing two weeks that, ago. Yeah, they did that preview, and that's, that's the tournament that they're at now. There's a lot of folks there, including a lot of Raiders, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, just to name a few. Uh, there's so many people that are there, uh, and they were talking about it. So just got a couple sound bites that I wanted you to hear uh, from Derek Carr and what he had to say to MJ Acosta. So the first one, and we're just going to go in order, DeMond, so uh, A through D. Uh, the first one, <laughs> I just had to give you a little heads up because I know I didn't tell you earlier. Uh, the first one was just on OTAs, you know, how he thought everything went with his new regime under Josh McDaniels. OTAs, OTAs was great. It was great being under, you know, listening to uh, and learning from Josh and, and, and our staff. And, uh, you know, our guys were working extremely hard. We're all learning a new scheme. You know, uh, you know, we feel like we have a lot of work to go, uh, you know, to get to where we want to be. Uh, we got a tough division and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can go out there and be competitive. Derek Carr right there just talking about OTAs and, you know, kind of getting out there and learning. And, and that's the one thing that stood out to me from OTAs going all the way back to that and the mandatory minicamp is that, well, the mandatory minicamp is mandatory. That's why it's called that. But the OTAs, there was so much buy-in from guys that didn't necessarily have to be there. But because of what Derek just said, they're learning a new scheme. All, everything is new for everybody on the squad. So it's, it's smart for them to be out there and making sure that they – 
learn as much as possible, take advantage of every learning opportunity that they had. So even OTAs was heavily involved and heavily attended, and that was a big deal. Now, the next question MJ asked, this was a really good uh, answer because David Carr jumped into it as well. So this is the Carr brothers. Uh, they, he, they were asked about uh, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and how opposing quarterbacks need to be so concerned and, and, and worried because those two bookends are going to be getting after them. Here's Derek and David Carr talking about Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. You know, as you guys know, Max is his motor is probably the the, the top in the NFL. It's incredible. Yeah, it, and it if you watch him in the fourth quarter, and the guy never comes off the field, mm-hmm. and he plays the run, he plays the pass, he chases after the ball down the field, stripping balls out, and uh, he's uh, he's he's one of my best friends, and he's someone that I really love being around. Chandler is I'm so thankful that he is on our team because I am not. Uh, fond of playing against him like he would be eight feet away and still slap the ball out of your hands you know uh, with how long his arms are and how he plays Uh, but he's just such a joy to be around you know him and Max have really taken that defense and they're leading them and it's uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to watch yeah he was talking about their both of their motors I think that was what was really interesting we talking about it last night about Chandler it was a really cool moment MJ I'm not gonna give away what we talked about but we had Charles Woodson Tim Brown Marcus Allen and Derek all talking about the Raiders and I just happened to be a fly on the wall in that room and I was like eating it up but he was saying Max and and Chandler's just motor like that's gonna be the thing that separates those two pass rushers they just don't stop so I'm excited to watch that Derek and David Carr right there talking about Mad Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. And I love how Derek said, I don't like playing against Chandler Jones. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that don't like playing against Chandler Jones as he has 107 and a half uh, career sacks. And, you know, he even had an interception during mandatory minicamp. And, and Derek said in the, in the, uh, in the media, media session, he was like, Chandler's supposed to keep coming. He's supposed to keep coming. That's why I knew I could throw the ball there and he wouldn't get it. But he didn't keep coming, and he was there, and he got the ball. And so that's just – even in mandatory minicamp where he doesn't have to be really working as hard as he, he was working, that's what Chandler Jones brings to the table. He continues to work and work and work. So that was the, that was the offensive du- – or the defensive duo between Max Crosby and, uh, and Chandler Jones. So here's Derek Carr talking about Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, they, I can tell you one thing. MJ, they've been working really hard. You know, they they really have, and that's it's one thing when you're you, know, you have really talented players, but when your best players are your hardest workers, you know that's what sets you apart. You know that's what sets those guys apart, and that's why um, you know Darren has been my guy for the last you know three years. And I mean, you see it on the bottom of the screen. I mean, he's had you know three thousand yards as a tight end in the last three seasons, and that's that's pretty crazy. And let alone with his story, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's a great human being great friend of mine and josh is someone i'm very excited for you know uh, you know he he's someone that you know he, he's working extremely hard to get in the best shape that he can be in because he knows that um you know with all these weapons maybe we'll you know maybe he'll have a lot of games where you know teams are just gonna say all right well josh you beat us you know who knows mm-hmm. who knows what can happen and so um one thing i know is uh these raiders you know the, these guys they they're working their tail off to try and put a good product on the field and that doesn't guarantee wins but it gives us a better chance of course it does. It definitely gives them a better chance when they, uh, when they go out there and put in the work. But uh, I like what he said about Waller, and I really like what he said about Jacobs because Jacobs is one guy we didn't see at OTAs. He's one guy we didn't see at mandatory minicamp. We were told he was in the building, but we didn't see him at all. So to know that he's putting in the work, trying to get in the best shape of his life, according to, according to uh, Derek Carr, is great. You know, one, he's playing for a contract. You know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so obviously he's, he's thinking about that. But at the same time, just knowing that.
The civil authorities have issued a fire warning for NUCA, beginning at 4.37 p.m. Friday. Depending on what he can do, but the thing is, it's all about availability. Whatever availability he has is what he can put out there on film. So if you're going to be available throughout the course of the year, the whole year, that's more opportunity for you to put out some great film for the Raiders or any other team in the NFL because at the end of the day, I know Josh Jacobs has a Raiders tattoo, and I know that he loves being a Raider, and, you know, who doesn't on the team? At the end of the day, it's a business, and we all know that. So if the Raiders decide that this is Josh Jacobs last year, he's going to want to get picked up from someone. And you know how you do that? You go and ball out this year, even as a running back, because it's not that easy. So that's I, I thought that was really good to hear from Derek Carr talking about Josh Jacobs. Now the final soundbite that I want you to hear, and it's great timing, we're really about to close out the show, is about the AFC West. You know, and it's funny because the, the original question was about who is the biggest, who's going to be the biggest thorn in the side of the Raiders, Khalil Mack, former Raider Khalil Mack, who's now with the Chargers, or Russell Wilson, who's in Denver. And so Derek goes on to, uh, well, not a rant, but he, he, he responds to that question talking about the AFC West. You, you look at the AFC West and there's, I mean, there's pro bowlers at every position on both sides of the ball everywhere. And I think it's a really cool thing to see. You know, it's going to be super competitive. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be tuning into those games every single week, no matter who's playing. Uh, you know me, I'm already talking trash to Khalil. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't stopped since he left, you know, uh, you know, and I've been talking trash to him. Even in the Chicago game when we yep. played him, I was talking trash to him. And maybe I should just be nicer. Maybe I'm, he'll rush yeah. a little slow. But, no, I, but I, I, I just love that. it. You know, you know Khalil, Khalil along, along Joey, uh, you know, and their defense, they yeah, got a whole bunch of guys. I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. But that's, yeah. that's why you work so hard, and that's why you want to play the game. You don't, wanna, you don't want it to be easy. I mean, you want to play against the best. That's why we started as little kids wanting to compete against the best. So there you go. There's Derek Carr talking about the AFC West, talking about him trash-talking with Khalil Mack and him running across from Joey Bosa. And, look, that's going to be a tough duo, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a dog of a duo. Uh, Russell Wilson in Denver is going to be a hell of a, 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 a sight to see. You know, of course, uh, the dude can obviously ball. So what's he going to bring to the table? Uh, of course, Kansas City, I don't have to tell you about them. You know what's going on there. And uh, so it's, it's that division, man. Everyone says it's going to be the toughest division in football. It's no doubt about it so uh it's 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 going to be it's going to be fun it's going to be interesting and of course we can't wait to see exactly how it all shakes out and of course for the Raiders everything gets underway starting on the 18th when the rookies report to camp and then on the 20th when the veterans report to camp and then it gets real then we fly out to Canton Ohio for that first week in August for the Hall of Fame game Uh, so we'll bring you that of course Cliff Branch it is the summer of Cliff uh, we found out that Lester Hayes and, and Amy Trask are on the semifinalist list for the Hall of Fame in 2023. Maybe next year at this time we're talking about the, the summer of Lester, right? How fantastic would that be? And, of course, shout-out to Amy Trask as well. Uh, Sandra, Douglas, Mo- Sandra Douglas Morgan excuse me, was named the president of the Raiders yesterday. Amy Trask kicked in that door. Amy Trask is the one who kicked in that door for not only Sandra but young ladies across all sports as, uh, as she was the uh, CEO of the Silver and Black. And shout-out to Al Davis for making that happen and not worrying about what someone looks like or what gender they are, just allowing, hey, whatever they're, if they're qualified for the job, damn it, give them the job. So Amy Trask kicked in the door. Sandra Douglas Morgan is running through that thing and uh, excited, about the, excited about the future and, and what will hold for the silver and black. So that's going to do it for us from Summer League right now. We're ready to roll out, check out whatever game is going on. Uh, Little Q, he's running around here spending my money somewhere, but, hey, that's what kids do, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I did it to, to Mama Q. Little Q's getting me back. And then some. But it's all good. We definitely appreciate uh, everyone for chiming in throughout the course of the show. Appreciate all the great guests that we had and all the folks that are working behind the scenes here at the Thomas and Mac. They got us on the camera here. They got us on the video. They're trying to teach me how to do whatever I'm supposed to be doing because I don't know. But they've been very patient with us. They've been very helpful with us. Mateo's been doing a fantastic job trying to even get us on the air in a matter of seconds. So believe me, all the things that are going on behind the scenes, DeMond's been holding it down in the home studios, whether I'm here or if I'm on way here like I was yesterday from Allegiant Stadium. So definitely appreciate everyone putting together the work. Uh, I might be talking on the radio, but without all these fine folks, I'm not doing any of that. So thank you to all of you and, of course, the listeners. Raider Nation, it's all about you. We'll talk again on Monday with the morning tailgate starting at 7 a.m. Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker, and Heidi Fang. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Good night.